Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football's back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, E-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, Joe, good afternoon, my brother. Bet good online. afternoon. BetOnline. Hey, make sure you get out there, BetOnline. It's the sponsor of the K-State Believe podcast. We got our first sponsor that stepped up. We got many, many more to come. But bet online. Uh, hey, get out there, join it. Quick way to uh, make some bets, Joe. Yes, sir. You much of a gambler? Hey, hey, Joe. You know, I do dabble a little bit. I would have to tell you. I do a little bit, too. Uh, especially it. when it became legal in the state of Kansas, and it's legal in the state of Illinois. So it's smashed right yeah. in between us where you can go on both of the state lines and uh, do a little gambling, especially here in Illinois. Right from downtown, all you got to do is cross the bridge, and then you can make a couple bets, but just a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it that first weekend where it was live. You could do it. And I made like 250 bucks roughly. And then I haven't bet since then. Because well, that's good. So your account is positive. <laughs> well, I'm ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got Kansas State finally gets to forward one. We got a 37 to 28 victory over Texas Tech. Uh, I guess you can call it a win is a win coming off an exciting win against University of Oklahoma. Um, we came out of the gate hot. Didn't look that great in the second and the early part of the third quarter, but we finished strong, Joe. And at the end of the day, what I'm glad to see with K-State was we didn't play our perfect game. We didn't play the greatest game, but we got the W against the team we were supposed to beat. Yeah, you summed it up really well there. The uh, game started great. I mean, we were late getting in the stadium by the time we got through the crowd and everything to get to our seats. We were walking down the aisle, and Adrian Martinez was just running in for a touchdown. So we weren't even in our, in our seats, and we were ahead 7 to nothing. So that was nice. It was frustrating, though, that uh, we could have been, and maybe even should have been, up 21 to nothing in the game and could have put it away early. That didn't happen. Instead, it was 13 to nothing, and that allowed Texas Tech to get back in the game. In that second quarter, I'm not sure exactly what happened. The running game kind of stalled out, to be honest. So, Luckily, they went in the half. We had a little bit of, I think we had a 
three-point lead at halftime. Chris Kleiman said he uh, chewed a little, but in the locker room, and the team came up more fired up in the second half, and late third quarter in the fourth quarter, the team looked great. Deuce Vaughn had a big run. I remember, I don't know exactly how many yards, but he finally broke one. And once that happened, it seemed that the team rallied around that. And from then on, they just kind of cruised. I think they scored 17 unanswered and put the game away. But Now, to go back to what you said in the beginning, I think Kansas State has got to be able to find a way where we can put our foot on people's neck. Um, We had an opportunity to get rid of Texas Tech very early in the first quarter. Just like you said, the first run was Adrian Martinez on a big run. Then he came back and scored again on another quarterback run. Two plays, we're up seven to nothing. Then we got a, you know, we got a good stop, came up, we're up, you know, 13 nothing. But we had to settle for a couple of field goals on some possessions where you got to continue to punch it in in the red zone. Um, field goals are nice, but when we get into some of these more, uh, Quality matchups against Oklahoma State and Texas and Baylor, some of these more pivotal games with more talent-proven teams, we're going to have to score touchdowns and not field goals. Yeah, there's no taking a nap in the second quarter against those teams, that's for sure. you got to put the pedal to the metal and keep it down. So let's talk a little bit about Adrian Martinez. He's been the focal point of the Kansas State offense the last couple weeks. Uh, I do think that he has found a new found energy and a burst to know that, look, I can play quarterback and I can use my legs to be successful and move the chains along with also being able to throw when I need to throw. But I just think the running ability, Joe, has made Adrian Martinez a more confident football player now being able to have some success on these big runs. He's running the ball way more confidently than he was earlier in the season. His every touchdown run, he didn't even hesitate. He saw the hole open up and he went for it. And I like seeing that. He didn't hesitate at all when when he saw things open up. So yeah, you're right. He's playing with a lot more confidence and not hesitating, and that's the biggest thing I've noticed. You talked about the little lull in the game. Texas Tech did make a little bit of adjustment. They started blitzing Kansas State relentlessly uh, and kind of stymied, not just from a passing standpoint blitzing, but run blitzing to where they were able to minimize some of uh, Vaughn's runs and Martinez's runs, and they made a pretty good adjustment. And then we made an adjustment. Give kudos to um, Colin Klein and Kleiman. They made an adjustment to some of those run blitzes in the second half. Started the fourth quarter that was maybe to open up a couple of those big runs that Vaughn had and Martinez had as well. Yeah, you're right about that. Definitely Texas Tech made some adjustments and blitzed. What I was frustrated with is that it took a while for K-State to readjust to that. Um, about. And, you know, do spawn up the middle for two yards in the cloud of dust over and over again. You know, I made the comment to the people I was sitting with, you know, it looks like Courtney Messingham is coaching this team again. 
<laughs> there in the second quarter. And they finally, like, it was that long run by Deuce Vaughn there in the third quarter that really changed things. But even in the beginning of the coming out of halftime, they were still, you know, running Deuce right up the middle there and not getting much. So, yeah, I think you're right. Collins Light did adjust what Tech was throwing at us. And I just think in the future, he's going to have to probably adjust sooner to what the defense is doing. Instead of maybe he was being a bit too stubborn uh, with the game plan or calling some plays that worked a little bit better. No, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I think there's a level of stubbornness. But on the flip side of that, I, I counter it with you ran Deuce Vaughn 23 times for 170 yards. Yes, he had the long one for 69 yards. But I think that's what you're going to get out of Deuce Vaughn sometimes, Joe. You're going to get those one and two yards, three yards, but you know if we can run them enough consistently, you're going to get two to three runs that are going to really, really pop, and that's going to be a big play part of the game. So I do appreciate them staying with the run and not abandoning it very quickly because you know it's a matter of a time when you're going to get a big run from Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, and it reminded me of Marty Ball back in the day with the Chiefs. You know, that's kind of their game plan was run, run, run. Uh, and then hopefully you break one eventually. And it normally did happen, but it's, you know, wearing out the defense and may not look pretty, <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's the idea is you're running and wearing out the defense and kind of grinding it out. And for the back, like you spawn with his explosiveness, he's going to, he's going to break one, two or three eventually. Well, you, you got 343 title rushing yards for Kansas State, and that was done mainly between two players. Phillip Brooks had six of that 343. So you had 171 yards rushing for Martinez and 170 yards rushing for Vaughn, his all-time high. Um, at the end of the day, I know we want more sexiness from the passing game and a little bit more sophistication from the K-State offense, which I think it will come. But we do have to understand this may be our identity. And if we can win football games with this formula, we know it's going to get tougher with the better teams, but we still got to understand this is the core identity of the makeup of the talent that we have on the Kansas State roster. We've got to ride with it. Yeah, I agree with that. Your two biggest weapons are Adrian Martinez and Big Spawn. You just got to give him the ball on, on the ground. Adrian Martinez, his strength is running the ball, scrambling, quarterback draws, that kind of stuff. I think the passing game will come with time. And it's just not totally there yet. But yeah, look at Nebraska back in the day, and I realize it was 20, 30 years ago now, but they were a running team. They passed a little bit, but they won national championships running the ball. And I, I know the game's changed a little bit, but we, you got to play to your strengths. And strengths are the running game. Right. And, and Martinez, we, we still think, you know, we still know that he can swing it. Uh, he's been able to continue to protect the ball, be turnover free. But um, you're right. The game is a little bit different. But if you do play good defense and you can run the ball, maintain ball possession, 
You can put yourself in the fourth quarter being close in a lot of ball games, and you can pull them off as well. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the K-State defense. Um, Joe, we did have some exciting things. We had six sacks from two different players. Uh, Duke finally showed up. Uh, it was, yeah. you know, Khalib Duke. We knew he'd been had the potential. He's just coming off an injury. We've got him more in a more pass rushing situation versus playing a traditional linebacker role. And he was able to deliver. You know, he had eight total tackles, three sacks, you know, three tackles for loss. So a big, big game for Duke. Yeah, Chris Kleiner said what Texas Tech was doing or going to do uh, allowed them to let Khalid Duke rush the passer, and it obviously worked. He was a monster there in that first half for sure. And with him rushing the passer and Felix rushing the passer, that's a lethal combo on on our defense. So both those guys are making sacks like that and getting that quarterback. That's a good thing. Yeah, but the one thing that I was a little bit disappointed in, um, Joe, was uh, we did give up, you know, 359 yards of passing yards. Um, yeah. Uh, a one big play, a 58-yarder to, to Cleveland was a big play. The rest of them, the other longest, was 26 yards. But – I do think we play good defense at times, but we do need to shore up some of that not giving up those big yards. When you run so many plays as Texas Tech does, and we're going to run in that to some other teams when we get to TCU and some other type teams, we've got to be able to get off the field, though, quicker and not let all these passes be completed as well. I think the pass rush is going to help. We got to be more aggressive, but we got to be a little bit tighter on the back end and getting off the field on third down. Yeah, you're right about that. Texas Tech on a couple of drives were just shredding the K State defense and, you know, marched right down the field. And that was frustrating. Some of it, Texas Tech will do that to almost everybody. So I wasn't really concerned about it. It is a lot of yardage. And, it only did happen on a few of the drives. But you're right. We need to score that up for sure. Right now, it's a play defense. Um, getting sacks, forcing fumbles, and that kind of thing. And they're going to have to, like you said, get off the field more than they have been. Because on those drives, you could tell they were getting tired. And they, there was like nothing they could do to stop Texas Tech at those points in the game so yeah they're yeah they're gonna have to figure that out yeah you hit it on the head i think them running the plays at the pace they running um i think k-state still held them under 90 some plays which was good uh i i do think kansas state defense and and i'm not trying to say this in a cynical standpoint um the conditioning look like at times that those guys are winded. Yes, I know it's a hot day. I know we're still in the summer months. Um, and I know they do rotate some players. 
but it looks like we got to get a little bit better conditioning from some of our top-end players, Joe, I think, to get this thing done when we need to against some of these great teams because I don't think we can be able to afford to take a uh, Duke or Felix out of the game rotational-wise in some of these critical series. I think they got to go more snaps to keep our best players on the field because, yes, we do have some depth, but the depth is not at the level where it is for the first unit. Absolutely. And a couple of those tech drives, I could tell they were getting winded, and it it did look like they were a little out of shape. And I could tell, you know, halfway into the drive, I thought, oh, boy, our defense looks tired. Tech is going to score a touchdown here. And that's exactly what happened. You know, if I'm thinking it, players even might be thinking it. The coaches may be thinking it. Wow, we look pretty winded and out of shape, and we need to get off the field right now. And not off the field by letting them score a touchdown, but get them to uh, punt. No, no doubt. So I'm not trying to condition. I'm not trying to question Coach True and the conditioning of the team, but it just sense like they need to get a little bit more uh, for the front line guys. They might have to go a little bit more of the snaps versus coming out of there on some of the rotations because we need our best guys moving forward. Yeah, and I think on Texas Tech's last touchdown drive, Felix wasn't in the game most of it. In fact, they didn't rotate him in until the like they were down by the goal line. And the whole time I'm thinking, where's Felix? What is he doing? And you know, there's he he rotated in like six guys right right at that moment, but it didn't even matter at that point. But yeah, you, I mean you want to get guys playing time and you want to get so they don't get tired. You want to rotate a lot. It's worked in the past for Chris Kleiman, and it'll work in the future too, but you're right in making the point that our depth isn't as good as our starting players, and we need to get more plays for our the most talented players. Like Felix should be out there more, I think, on critical drives especially. No doubt. And, and the depth is getting there. I, I do want to give kudos again, and I've been talking about this young man each and every week. Uh, once again, Kobe Savage had a great game. Kansas State, he led them in tackles with nine tackles with eight solos and one tackle for loss. Once again, from the strong safety standpoint, position, this young young man has been able to feel the alleys, feel the gaps, play extremely physical at the point of attack, and he's playing some great defense for the Wildcats right now. Yeah, he's playing up to his name. He's savage. That's for sure. He's playing like it. And the other one, the young one that I like to mention, too, is Josh Hayes. Uh, he's another yeah, one. He's, he's playing he's well as well. Yep. Yeah, you see him got another tackle for loss, seven tackles. He's very active in the run game, um, filling in the fits where they need to be filled in, making solid tackles when the receiver catches the ball. A very, very good, strong outing for them. Overall, I'm happy with the job that Clatterman is doing. Uh, I like when he takes some chances and blitz and be a little bit more creative and don't always just be the bend but don't break defense. A lot of times we do that. We'll give up the yardage in the middle, 
and then we'll hold them off or we'll hold them to a field goal. Sometime I like to be able to be a little bit more aggressive on defense to try to create a turnover early. Um, that comes with risk sometime. That comes with risk with maybe giving up a big play. But that's just my sense of how we're going to have to try to win some of these games in the future where we're going to have to be in shootouts where we outscore people and the turnover game is going to make the difference. Yeah, and the stats show that as well. Our total defense numbers aren't great. Maybe even like eighth in the league. I don't really have that in front of me, but I did glance at it yesterday. But our scoring defense is maybe third in the league or something like that. All right. So the scoring defense is a lot better than the overall defense as far as giving up yardage. And that goes to your point on the kind of the bend that don't break defense. So let's transition a little bit, Joe. Uh, Kansas State, we're right where I thought we would be at this moment. It's 4-1 and one, going into our sixth game of the season already. We got the Iowa State. Iowa State Cyclones on the road, up in Ames, Iowa. Night game, always a tricky place to play in Ames. Kansas State is only a point and a half, two-point favorite. Iowa State is coming off of two consecutive losses, one to Baylor and one to Kansas, and a 14-11 to 11 game. Their field goal kicker missed the field goal. That could have sent it to overtime, missed it bad, and missed two other field goals as well. Uh, Iowa State, in all sense of purpose, should have won the game, but yep. they did. Kansas found a way to win a not a shootout, but a uh, defensive type of game, and they go to 5-0. and But our opponent this week is Iowa State. They're going to be a desperate team. They're going to be playing with a lot of pride. But Kansas State should have a lot of pride because the last time we went up to Ames, Iowa, we got blew out of the out of the stadium. So, yeah. I, and I think there's going to be a personal uh, mindset with the players of look, we need to get this win against Iowa State so we can set the table for our bye week and then get ready for the stretch run of the season. I think K State is more talented. Um, then Iowa State, I'm not impressed with Iowa State's replacement players from their guys that went to the league, their quarterback, the running back. They still do have one of the most dynamic receivers in the league. But other than that, Iowa State looks very vulnerable, um, but they will play hard. They will play hard Saturday night, and they'll play above their skill set for Coach Campbell, who's a great coach. But I think Kansas State will get it done with a seven-point to ten-point victory. I agree with everything you said there. And if K-State and Iowa State would have played, say, the first game of the season where the records were both zero and zero and they were just coming out of the gates, I think K-State wins this pretty easily. But you mentioned factors like Iowa State started out 0-2 in the league and they need a victory. They need to get a win and their backs are against the wall, and they're going to come out fired up. And like you said, they're going to play above their skill level. 
And I think that's what Vegas has seen too and putting the line at K-State favorite by two points. I watched uh, Iowa State in the KU game at least the second half. I can't remember exactly when I got home from the K-State game, but I turned that game on right away. And I was not impressed either team. I thought Deckers looked horrible and they couldn't move the ball on offense. Like you, you mentioned the field goal kicking. Comes down to field goals in this game. We're going to win. <laughs> Iowa State is horrible on special teams. I wasn't real impressed with KU either. One of the stats that I noticed in this, in this game coming up is K-State, let's see, the rush offense is fourth in the country and Iowa State's rush defense is eighth in the country so they do have a really good rush defense and you right. can see their defense defense did play well against KU no one had really shut down KU much up until that game Iowa State did a good job of pretty much shutting them down from what I saw so I think it's going to come down to probably K-State's ability to run the ball and Iowa State's ability to Stop our running game. Now you hit it on the head, and 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 I think we're still going to do what we do, no matter how well Iowa State plays against the run. They're going to have to prove that they can stop our running game. But don't be surprised if if Klein and Coach Kleiman take some chances early on first down with Iowa State and and attack them deep with the passing game, do some things a little bit more creative. And, and and don't be surprised to see some more screens and things of that nature. I think that K-State will infiltrate into their into their offense this week as well. But I do think we'll take a few more shots um, downfield and we'll do it on early downs to see if we can back up some of that uh, Iowa State front that's going to be stacking the box. Yeah, I agree with you. And I initially thought as I was watching their game on Saturday, right after watching our game, I thought, oh, we'll be Iowa State by two touchdowns. But then I slept on it and I kind of looked at things and I thought, yeah, they're starting out 0-2. They need a victory. Their defense is pretty good. The quarterback didn't play well, but he has the ability to play well so he may have a, have a game where he turns it all around and plays great so he never know so initially i thought yeah k-state win by about two touchdowns but i've rethought that i think it'll be a close game i think it's something maybe since Iowa state's defense is pretty good i think it's something maybe k-state 24 Iowa state 20 i think it'll be within a touchdown game but i think k-state will probably get a close victory. Yeah, and I'm thinking more like uh, I think it'll be close all the way through as well, Joe, um, Nick and Tuck. But I'm going to think um, I'm going to go with Kansas State 27, Iowa State 17. I think we get a field goal of sudden late to kind of stretch it out a little bit. But I do think it'll be a one-possession game all the way up into the fourth quarter. If, if you look back at Iowa State and who they've beaten, they beat a Southeast Missouri State team 42 to 10, and that game was a little close early. Then they beat Iowa State. I mean, they beat Iowa, their in state rivalry, 10 to 7, basically a, a defensive game. We know anemic 
how anemic Iowa's offense is. Yep. So, yes, Iowa State does play good defense, but Iowa probably has one of the most anemic offenses in the in the Power Five, um, and they got a way to win that game. And then they beat an Ohio team 42-10, to 10, lost to Baylor 31-24, which they scored a touchdown late. That game was not as close as the score indicated. So uh, Iowa State offensively will press and try to get the ball to Hutchison. Uh, and if we take care of business, contain him, don't let Xavier Hutchinson get the big play. We can give him a bunch of catches, but let's keep everything in front of him. The longest yard he had was a 23-yarder against Kansas. I think if you can keep anything under 20 yards with him, he's going to make a couple plays here and there. But if we can keep make it physical for him, keep him bracketed, they really don't have another guy that they trust from a receiver standpoint, other than um, Stanley. Yeah, I have a question for you. What, what's your take on Matt Campbell as a head coach? Because he always gets named as a candidate for all these great coaching jobs like Notre Dame and so on. Every, every offseason, Matt Campbell is a candidate for all these jobs. My take is he's really overrated. He's done a decent job at Iowa State, but I, I, just, I just don't see how he's this great head coach. I think he's a good head coach, and he's done a decent job there. But I don't understand the Matt Campbell hype and never really have. Well, let me give you my definition of why I think it's the hype, Joe. You have to go back and reassess where our where Iowa State was prior to Mike Campbell yeah. arriving. Mm-hmm. The state of the program. And you gotta you gotta give it to him that he has they've never won more than 10 games, mm-hmm. but he's taken them to nine. He's got them right at the brink. He's had them in contention. He's had some big wins against some quality opponents uh in the Big 12. And going into last year, he was actually one of the favorites to win it. Um, They actually disappointed themselves last year and disappointed the league. But I think what he's been able to do at a school like Iowa State, which is very similar to Kansas State, where it's hard to get kids to come to Ames, Iowa. Yep. There's not a – it's a farm-driven school. It's a, you know, school that's out of nowhere. It's generated by the college and trying to get kids to come there, particularly four-star type players, it's very, very difficult. So he's been able to attract and get some quality players, A, that have went on and made it on NFL rosters. He's been fairly competitive each of the years that he's been there, slowly turning it around. And it looks like the players like him. They like playing for him. That's what I hear. So all of those factors come into play, Joe, of thinking that's why his name gets mentioned sometime for these jobs because he's done it at a place that is very difficult to win nine, 
games or so consistently at a high level. That's where I think you're going to start hearing Kleiman's name um, come up as well in a lot of these conversations as Kleiman continue to have success at Kansas State, especially if he goes on to win 10-plus games this year. He's going to have those same type of conversations. Now, a little bit of the difference is why Matt's kind of hype machine is a little bit more because I think the representation that he has, it's understood that he's not going to be a long-term at Iowa State. At some point, he's going to leave for a better job if the opportunities come. Where I think Kleiman, his his boy Gene hired him yeah. as the head coach. It would have to take something very mag, mag a huge opportunity for him to consider leaving uh, Kansas State University. And Chris Kleiman is a Midwestern type of guy. He's a blue-collar type of guy across the board and has got a relationship with the AD that's a little bit more unique. So that's why you don't necessarily hear his name as much as I think you would. But you're still going to hear it mm-hmm. coming up in the future. Yeah, he was on ESPN. Was it yesterday or a couple days ago? When someone was interviewing him, and they asked him, "Well, are you happy at K State?" <laughs> you know, kind of insinuating that he might be a candidate for these other jobs, and he squashed it like you're supposed to. But I agree with you. I think as long as Pete Taylor is there, the climate, and when he gets offers, they're going to have to give him a raise or extension and that kind of stuff. But I think as long as Gene Taylor is there, Kleiman will probably stick around. That's my thought anyway. No, nah, no doubt. So before we close this thing out, Joe, uh, are you very confident? You sound a little apprehensive that we might have some troubles up in Ames, Iowa, Saturday night. Yeah, I'm a little apprehensive. <laughs> I'm not overconfident, that's for sure. Like I said, I, I watched those nice. games on Saturday and I thought, and that, after that KU game got over, I thought, man, we're going to beat them by two touchdowns. But to be honest, the biggest line when that came out got me rethinking it. And that's when I looked up at the stats. And then I thought, oh, yeah, they haven't won a conference game yet. And they're going to be fired up to win their first one at home. I mean, they have to win it if they want a shot at going to the Big 12 championship game. I mean, their backs are against the wall. So I, I don't think it's going to be an easy game by any means. No, nah, you're exactly right. I just don't think Iowa State has the uh, the talent, the pool to be able to do it. I think them with their new quarterback, Decker, uh, he he's a guy that has some ability, but I still think he's young. Uh, and I think Kansas State will just have enough to pull out a road victory. And, and you like you say, when you play in a Big 12 game on the road, you just want to come out of there with a victory. Yeah. That's why I think you're seeing the line reflective to where it is because there are no easy wins in the Big 12 right now. Yeah, definitely. Well, you being confident is making me feel better. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close game like you. Mm-hmm. But I think this team has some some passion and zeal in their heart that they got embarrassed 
for those that was on the roster a couple of years ago up in uh, Ames, Iowa. And I think Iowa State talked a little noise, too. So I think some of those more veteran guys like um, Vaughn and uh, Duque and some of these guys, I think they're going to remind the team that, hey, you know, we need to get these guys. It's time to get this victory, get into the bye week, get settled, regroup, and then get ourselves ready for the stretch run to go and compete for a Big 12 championship. Yeah. Yeah, Iowa State, last two games against K-State, has won by, by 58 points. So, yeah, it's time for K-State to go up there and get revenge on them, get a win. by 58 points. Yeah. Right. That's incredible. So, yeah, it's that that's unacceptable against a team like Iowa State to be beating us the way they have. Yep. All right, my brother. Well, once again, you know, Bet Online. This show has been sponsored by Bet Online. Make sure you check them out. You're listening to the Believe Podcast, K State. Believe in K State. Believe in K State. Keep believing, Joe. Keep believing. I believe at least until Saturday night at 10 (laughs) o'clock. Hopefully, I still believe after that. All right, my brother. Well, you have a good week and uh, go wild. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.